Articles by Desiring God Man Enough to Weep Written and read by Greg Morse Can a man really be truly alive who has forgotten how to weep? Can a man of God or a minister of Christ truly claim to be fully awake without tears? These are questions, uncomfortable questions, I've been asking myself. These considerations, dry as my eyes have been, do not originate with me. I consider them somewhat reluctantly. I had studied and even memorized the parting speech from Paul to the Ephesian elders found in Acts 20 before I beheld the apostles' wet face. Paul, anchored briefly on the seacoast of Miletus, sends a message 40 miles south to Ephesus. He bids the elders come immediately. When they arrive, he tells them what breaks their hearts to hear. Now, behold, I know that none of you among whom I've gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Paul was resolved to board a ship, sailing into dark providences. I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and affliction await me. Three years he had spent with them in Ephesus, tending their souls day and night. This is their last meeting in this life. His words fell as bricks of gold. Of all the things to say and recall, to encourage and to warn, with so few characters left to compose his final message. Are you surprised that Paul mentions twice, of all things, his tears? Serve the Lord with tears. He begins his final words to these dear friends this way. You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time, from the first day I set foot in Asia. Serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. Paul mentions his crying as a matter of fact. You yourselves know. The Ephesian elders remembered how the dew of his affections fell unashamedly. They saw him cry the whole time he lived among them. What an oft-neglected picture of this mighty apostle. If I could, I would try and paint it. Entitled, The Lord's Lion Crying. It is good for me to see this. Paul, in his ministry, lost composure at times. At times, and it appears at many times, his passion for Christ and his pity for souls undid his seeming poise. Do you remember my tears? He asks these now elders of the church. Can you see those gracious rains watering my sermons? Indeed, those sermon exclamation points from my soul to yours, servants of your eternal good and my gracious Lord. The scene causes me to ask, do I serve the Lord with tears? Do I even want to? Do you? Warnings through the blur. When Paul mentions his tears the second time, he says more. After telling the men to pay careful attention to themselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit had made them overseers, 
He tells them that the vicious wolves will attack from without and false teachers will creep up from within. Stay alert, he pleads. But notice what accompanies his appeal. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease, night or day, to admonish everyone with tears. Admonish means to warn. For three years he did not stop warning them or weeping for them. What a sight. What a perplexity. Ponder this weeping warrior with me. This man of industry and blood earnestness warns them of sin and judgment and the wrath to come, while he weeps warm tears over their souls. As a sentinel, he held up his hands and declared himself free of their blood. He tells them twice he did not shrink back in cowardice from telling them all of God's truth. He said the hard and unpopular word. He warned and called sin what it is. People did not like what he said. In fact, they were trying to kill him for it. Still, the soldier wept while warning. Turn from your ruin. Flee from the coming wrath. Repent toward God and place all of your faith in Jesus Christ. Believe in the good news of the grace of God. Keep believing in the crucified and now risen and soon returning Christ. Power of tearful pleading. Imagine standing across from such a man. Your fallen heart has often been on its guard against arguments and criticisms. Your armor is well clad and your sin is well protected. Heartless disputes and playing with words is your sport. But who is this foe striking from horseback? What kind of warrior sheds tears for the man he wishes to conquer? Steel meeting cold steel. This is the battlefield's familiar soundtrack. Grunts and yells and trumpet blasts you relish. But not these soft and unnerving cries from the enemy. Tears for you. This is more than mere truth. It's love. You see his redness of eye. You hear the arresting stoppings and startings in his speech. Here is no enemy, no hired hand, no mere debater of this age. He is earnest, to be sure, but earnest for more than an argument. He's earnest for souls. My soul. He may disregard my opinions, yet he bears me upon his heart. He tells me hard things but seems to want good for me, perhaps more than I want good for myself. Admonitions for two men. What a corrective to both tearless stridency and weepy willows today. To the ones like me who have taught on the lake of fire while seldom shedding tears beside it, and to those crying who would never dare mention hell at all. What a nuisance warnings can become when given without this holy moisture. All lightnings, no rain. Such repeated scoldings give off dry, hot air that leaves hearts cracked. Bellowings Paul knew too well. Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Acts 9.1 In his now wet eyes, the tearless like me can find hope that grace may not be done with us just yet. But neither can we tolerate the convictionless crier whose tears have no deep well. Men ever on the verge of crying over trifles, 
need reminding that they should quit themselves like men and be strong. Good tears serve a higher ambition. They serve the Lord Jesus. But above these rise the cries in Ephesus. How that weeping earnestness confounded sinners as Paul pled with the dead to turn and live. The Lord's lion, crying, warning, pleading. Such a one, I imagine, was hard to argue with and harder to forget. When is the last time, dear Christian, you warned a faithless brother, an apostate mother, a lustful son, a deceived friend, through blurred vision? Should not the truly living in such a world as this find times to weep? Do not many live despising mercy and rejecting Christ? Are not souls lost to that eternal place of gnashing and weeping every hour? Our friends, classmates, and neighbors. Many not knowing a Christian who shed a single tear over their souls. We come with glad tidings. We need not always cry. But is our danger too much tearful pleas for souls? Weep into their souls. A word then to fellow pastors, men like those Paul spoke to that day. Do you have a tear to shed for the lost sinner and the threatened saint? Do you serve your Lord with tears? I do not pretend to instruct you in these matters. These are but my sermon notes as I overhear the weeping line. Charles Spurgeon said it was a blessed thing for a minister to weep his way into men's souls, a quality he had admired in George Whitfield. He said of Whitfield, Hear how Whitfield preached, and never dare to be lethargic again. Cornelius Winter says of him that sometimes he exceedingly wept, and was frequently so overcome that for a few seconds you would suspect he would never recover. And when he did, nature required some little time to compose herself. I hardly knew him go through a sermon without weeping more or less. His voice was often interrupted by his affections, and I've heard him say in the pulpit, You blame me for weeping, but how can I help it when you will not weep for yourselves? Although your own immortal souls are on the verge of destruction, and for aught I know, you are hearing your last sermon, and may never more have an opportunity to have Christ offered to you. Brothers, let us pray for holy tears. Not for their own sake, not to make a vain show that draws attention to ourselves or tries to manipulate, but let us seek life, full life, abundant life in Christ, a life fully alive, fully awake, fully compassionate within a cursed world of evil times and immortal souls. Lord, raise a generation of lion-hearted men and women for Christ who serve you with all their hearts and minds and souls and strength and tears. For more resources, visit DesiringGod.org.